everyone, welcome to the College Football Rundown. I'm Woj. And I'm Walt. Hell of a slate of games last week. We got some big games coming up this week. Ranked teams playing ranked teams. It's going to be a good week. A couple games coming up while USC, Washington. That's a big game. Number 21, USC going to Washington. Number 17, games at 2.30, afternoon game. I'm pumped for this game, Woj. I am pumped. I don't like the Pac-12. They're not my favorite conference, but really looking forward to this one. Yeah, uh, I like watching Pac-12. It's usually an offensive battle. USC's got a little bit of a struggle there at quarterback, I still think. <laughs> when you lose your starting quarterback for the year, that's that's a problem. It's not going to be easy for any team. But USC, I mean, they, they were not impressive to me through the first couple weeks. But last week, they beat Utah. That got my attention real quick. Other than that, really, if you look at them, they are undefeated, you know, besides their loss to BYU, which came down to overtime. So I was wrong on this team at the beginning of the year, but now they got my eyes. They caught my eyes for sure. We'll see how it goes. If Fink starts the USC quarterback, Matt Fink, I don't think he has as good of a performance as he did against Utah in this game. I think they wake up and realize why he's the third string quarterback at the start of the season. So we'll see. I could eat my words there, but uh, I don't think he'll have quite the impact against the Washington team that he did against the Utah team. Hey, Utah's got a real good defense, so I don't know. Well, Washington also has a good defense, though. You know, they're 3-1 and one with their only loss in that Cal game that really shouldn't count as a game at all. Two-and-a-half-hour delay, kicked off after midnight. I mean, that's that's an anomaly, a one-off, if you will. Jacob Eason, quarterback over there at Washington, just crushing, crushing teams. Over 1,000 yards passing already this season. I mean, that's that's crazy, Woj. I'm real happy he's on my fantasy football team, which is part of the reason I talk him up, too. But he, he's good, baby. Um, another thing about that game, too, is USC has a, a blind snapper. He doesn't actually play all the time, but he did take a snap earlier in the, the season. Jake Olson, number 61. I'm always getting the question, Woj. I don't know if people ask you this, but why do you like college so much better than the NFL? Do you field that question a lot? You get that a lot? All the time, Wall. It's just I, it's pageantry. It's it just you get more involved with the teams that you like. I, I just think it's fun. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you without even saying any words, this is why college football is great and better than the NFL, in my opinion. Turn, tune into ESPN Thursday at 6 p.m. They got this special segment they do, College Football 150, the greatest. Check out the Jake Olson story. And that in itself will show you why college football is better than the NFL, in my opinion. So no one asked me anymore. Maybe I can get by the rest of the season at least. Well, another, uh, another big game, Virginia, Notre Dame. Can Notre Dame bounce back? After uh, the Georgia loss last week on the road? You mean a good performance from Notre Dame at Georgia, which was a rough – you watched the game, right, Woj? You, we watched the whole game? Oh, yeah, yeah. Who, who didn't? Who in the nation didn't? Georgia is a tough place to play. Notre Dame brought it down to the end. Obviously, they couldn't convert in their last drive, but they brought it down to the end. I definitely think they can bounce back. Uh, they're play, playing four-ranked teams in a five-game streak. Well, that's tough, I'm, but that's Notre Dame's way of doing it because they're not in a conference. It is, and you always hear a lot of people, a lot of people. This is all I hear about Notre Dame. Well, they don't play anybody. They suck. They don't play anybody. Well, they're playing four-ranked teams in a five-game stretch, which you just mentioned. That, that's what you call playing some people, and it comes from them being out of conference. You know, They can schedule whoever they want, whenever they want. Virginia, a team where... You know, we don't know a lot about them. They squeaked by Old Dominion last week. 
losing most of the game actually. And they didn't have the lead until 10 minutes into the fourth quarter, but OD in that game was getting 28, you know, Virginia only ended up winning by six, 23, 17. Who knows about that team? I think Notre Dame, I think they're going to show you how well they can bounce back. Virginia, good team. Don't want to, you know, misrepresent their team, but Notre Dame, I think is a much better team. Still be an exciting game though. I think, I think at this point now with loss on the record, even though it's a good loss, if you can say that uh, for the playoff committee, I think at this point now they have to kick it in overdrive and they just, whatever team they face, like they just have to obliterate, make it look convincing from the get go. Agreed. I don't disagree. I don't think a team like Virginia that they can just squeak by with a one point win. But having said that they lost to the number three team in the nation and that's their only loss in the season. So I don't know that they have to convincingly win every game, but definitely can't beat a team like Virginia by just one. Well, game day is going to a Big Ten team again. It's got game day with Ohio State at Nebraska. It's going to be a tough road game for the Ohio State Buckeyes, in my opinion. I think this will be a good test to see if if they are as good as they've been advertised so far this season. Hey, well, you're on your own there. Game day at Ohio State, this is just complete bull crap. There's no way game day should be at Ohio State at Nebraska. All it is is politics and money. That's what this game is about. It's because ESPN has been doing game day two weeks in a row and the actual game day was not on ESPN. So now they need, you know, they need to get finally a game that's on their network as their promoted game for the day. I think it's absolute bullshit. No one likes Nebraska. They liked them at the beginning of the season, but they're, they're nowhere near the talent level of Ohio state. And I do disagree. I don't think we're going to see anything about how good Ohio state is this game. They're just going to trounce them. Well, uh, I ran across a, a video. I, I I watch these every week. I watch the Mike Leach Washington State press conferences every week because they're absolute gold. Okay, if you made a YouTube channel just with Mike Leach, you'd probably make a lot of money because people would watch it. It's hilarious. Uh, this week he went on about you know his vacation home and going on the lake and and having some beers and hospitality. And then he got to a skit where he talked about jock straps versus compression shorts. If you get a chance, go watch his press conference from last week, uh, 9:23. Uh, it was absolute gold. Uh, tune into that, and, and in the future, just so you know, I mean, it was absolute gold. He's a hilarious person. Which, you know, I got two sets of videos in my phone and my electronic devices. My obviously my son, I got my videos of him, and then I got Mike Leach videos because they just make me laugh. Which, you can watch any conference he has, and you're going to get a good chuckle about it. But that one you said, YouTube it, Google 923 press conference, it was pretty funny. So for fantasy this week, while we uh, we get an Oklahoma game, which is uh, you know just one of those things when you know Oklahoma is going to be in the swing of things, how much is Jaron Hurts going to be? Well, he's 9,200. He's a lot. A lot of money. But let's say this. Gerald Hurts is 9,200. He's averaging 46.8 points a game. So at 9,200, if he gets 39 points, he's above value. And I think he's going to do that. He could get 60 points this weekend. I mean, the Sooners are likely on their way to the third straight Heisman quarterback. I don't disagree. And obviously Vegas isn't going to disagree with you on that. But, I mean, 39 points, well, that's, that's a lot of points for DraftKings, is it not? 
It is, but again, he's he's averaging 46.8 when he's playing, and he does a lot of the work. He's basically the offense over there, yeah. so we'll see. I'm going to pair him with Charleston Rambo, just not just because of the name, um, but because he is a good wide receiver from Oklahoma, and he's only 5,600. So their top wide receiver is uh, C.D. Lamp. C.D. Lamb, he's 7,000, and he's had less production so far than Rambo. So I'm looking for, you know, the value there. It looks good. He's got 11 catches on the year. The best numbers out of any of the wide receivers there. Obviously, Hurts does a lot of the work himself, but we'll see if he can get a couple passes off or maybe even a touchdown from Rambo. That's that's what I'm looking for, Rambo 2020 right there. Rambo versus the Raiders. I like it, Woj. Texas Tech, obviously, they don't have a great defense, so they could probably throw the ball whoever they want to, Oklahoma, that is. Yeah, it's, it's one of the higher – over-under games of the week, just obviously because it's Oklahoma, probably one of the most explosive offenses in college football at the moment. But we'll see uh, going into that game. But I do like both of those players. I do like Hertz, even though he is at 9,200, and Rambo as well. Uh, another guy I like, and what I'll keep doing in riding, is I've been riding Alabama receivers at or around 6K. Uh, if they're going to keep valuing wide receivers at or around that number, I'm going to keep taking them. You know, I didn't take rugs last week, even though I had taken them, I believe, every week up until last week, just because he was sitting, I think it was 6,200. I think the week one, he was at like 5,800. And I didn't take him last week. And I don't know why it was a, a brain fart, but he had popped off last week. Well, <laughs> huge numbers last week. Uh, Devontae Smith, who's another good wide receiver from Alabama, gets a lot of yards. Any one of those receivers, Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, or Ruggs, could all pop off in a single day. So I'm going to keep riding him. He's 5,900, Devontae Smith, and I'm just going to keep taking wide receivers from Alabama if they're just going to keep slotting them that low. I, they're good value either way, and if they get that one game where they pop off, they pop off. <laughs> so on the Woges pop-off value you think this guy's like what a nine or a ten on your pop-off I, I think all of the wide receivers from Alabama are a ten <laughs> I mean I, the three I mentioned Jerry Judy uh Henry Ruggs and Devontae Smith I, I believe all any at any point any day any game any one of those guys could be the top receiver in the nation hey there you go I think you were looking at some Texas A&M receivers this week too right uh yeah I got uh Dramon Ashbourne which is their most consistent receiver. He has the most touches. He gets the most uh, receptions per game. And Quantre Davis, who in, in Oshburn is 6,300. Davis is 6,000. Both pretty good value. They get a lot of yards. They like to pass it to him. I, I like Oshburn at the 6,300. I think he's a better option. Um, I think more locked in. They're playing an Arkansas defense, which is terrible. Uh, absolutely terrible. So I, I just like one of those guys. Uh, you could take both of them if you like. Uh, I'm not sure if there's enough points in the game for both of them to come out on top, especially if they get ahead early, which is likely. So I like Oshburn's chances. He gets more of the touches at 6,300. Another guy, and you could even lock this in with, if you don't want to go with Hertz, you could go with a more middle of the road and lock him in with Purdy. But Purdy, the quarterback for Iowa State, I think he's right around 7,600 on DraftKings. Then uh, wide receiver, which is, uh, I think, the, the – I don't know what DraftKings was doing here, but Tariq Milton, the wide receiver from oh, Iowa State, is 5,000. On FanDuel Wall, he's 9,300. 
the value there is way off. So either FanDuel knows something that DraftKings doesn't, but uh, he's a good price on DraftKings, good for the value. He could get a touchdown easily. Um, And again, like I said, you could even put Brock Purdy, their quarterback, and match him up with it. He's been doing fairly well. You know, after his freshman season last year, this year it looks like he's settled into a good role. Um, I watched that entire Iowa State game when they played Iowa, and, you know, towards the end of the game, they were actually figuring out the Iowa defense, and, and they were getting chunks of yards with Brock Purdy. So um, I'd look for Tariq Milton and see if he pops off for you this week. That, that'd be a good $5,000 pick, if, especially if you're picking up guys like Hertz and you need to buy, you know, need to go after some of these cheap guys. Well, well, you're a trader. I don't like that pick at all. That's garbage. <laughs> hey, I, I I love my Iowa, and I I hate don't like Iowa State. But when I see that kind of value, I, I gotta jump on it because I want to make some money, you know. Hey, it's all about making the money. So like last week, we we made some money. Woj, it was good. Let me tell you, it wasn't a great week, but it was a good week. Any week you're making money in the uh, gambling section. We, I mean, two games we talked about that we won UAB and Coastal. They covered well, looked real good. One game we lost Houston. That was unfortunate. That was. Oh, a breakdown of a program right there. You saw it in the, you know, happening live. But Houston, I mean, they they did not look good. Tulane obviously had a fake. I don't know if you watched it. Was it was late on Thursday night? Was it or was it Friday night? I can't remember now. Uh, it was Friday night, I think. Friday night. It was too late for me. I didn't get to watch the end because I can't stay up that late. But towards the end, I mean, Tulane had a a fake. There played like they were going to kneel it down and just let the clock run out. They faked it, got a first down, and went in after a couple plays and got a touchdown and won that game. But it was just really an unraveling of Houston. It was unfortunate. But, hey, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. As long as we won overall, that's what matters. Uh, yeah, there's even some more breakdown at Houston after the game and after the fact that we heard about, especially with possible transfers happening Yeah. Uh, from probably one of the more explosive quarterbacks in college football, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, Derek King, yeah, he's, he's definitely one of the more explosive quarterbacks. We'll see where he goes. But, yeah, he announced he's going to redshirt with that new, you know, four-game allowable redshirt rule they have. He's going to take advantage of that and transfer along with one of his wide receivers, Keith Corbin. But, again, that Dana Holgerson, he's got a he's got a tough road ahead of him to deal with all this stuff because this is a team that's just unfolding in front of our eyes. But uh, Yeah, I don't know that locker room. Yeah, that locker room after someone just like, I'm a redshirt and transfer, like, what do you do if you're a fan or anything? It's just like, come on. <laughs> exactly. But I, I can tell you exactly what we're going to do as gamblers. We're just going to stay away from that team. You know, they're, they're just, they're going to be a tough one to bet on. You know, this, this week I've actually been looking at a lot of point spreads. Woj did a mini. So this week on what point spreads are, you guys should check that out if you have time. But this week I'm looking at a lot of point spreads. Um, Houston, not being one of them, but BYU at Toledo, BYU giving two and a half as we're speaking. Over under a 60 and a half. In my mind, this is a very questionable spread. BYU, little beat up. Tyson Williams, uh, their running back, their starting running back, one of the better running backs in college football. He's hurt. Zane Anderson, linebacker, he's hurt. Lala Putatu, he's hurt too. I mean, he's their tight end. He didn't get a lot of points, but he's questionable. That's three people right there that are injured, and I'm guessing that's what leading what's leading to this only two and a half. BYU, though, is, is still a good team, in my opinion. Um, they, they've they been playing well so far throughout the season. Toledo, you know, if you look at them, four of their top five tackle leaders from that team are in the secondary. 
when you have your leading tacklers in the secondary, Woj, what does that mean? That's not good, Wall. <laughs> that yeah. means that your your front line isn't doing the job it's supposed to. That's exactly what it means, especially when you run a 4-3. Again, I've only watched Toledo play one game. I haven't caught many of the replays, but I did watch them play Kentucky, and they had a 4-3 defense going at that time. But when you run a 4-3 defense, which means you have four down linemen, they actually have one standing lineman, but you have four linemen and three linebackers, and your secondary is getting most of the tackles on the team, that's not good. That means that teams are getting to the second level on you. If you let BYU get to your second level, if Toledo lets BYU get to the second level, I mean, this game is going to be over before it starts. Really what you're betting is that's not going to happen. You know, I got BYU on Tuesday, actually, which I don't do a lot of early bets, but I saw them at minus one and a half, and I had to jump on it, so I did. But currently they're sitting two and a half, and I still like it. I think that's a good pick, and like you said, the, especially with the 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 four three, if your secondary is getting more of the tackles there, that that is not not good at all. That means you know in a three four sometimes you'll see that, but in a in a four three that they should be holding the line stronger than they are. So a nickel, yeah, dime, things like that. Maybe your secondaries get more tackles, but yeah, four three that's not good, and they'd get to the second level. You watch, I'm, I'm telling you. But another game I want to look at this week, Penn State minus six and a half at Maryland. Back on Maryland, Woj. I didn't think you, I bet you didn't think I'd do that, but I'm backing on. You know, actually, I'm going against them, but I'm going back on a game with Maryland. The over under. It's been under, a roller coaster for that it, wall, and I'm talking roller coaster this year. Like, holy moly! It has, and you're absolutely right. But I'm, you know, I got to jump back in there because I, I'm really liking this one. I, the over under's at 58. Well, it was at 58. It jumped to 61 and a half. But I'm not really going in there for that reason. I'm going in there because I think Penn State's not given enough points. Maryland, you kind of mentioned before with their roller coaster ride, a team I would generally avoid betting on, like we kind of just talked about with Houston, somebody I don't want to bet on because they're really a lot of unknowns. But I I think that Penn State should be given a lot more. They, uh, Maryland team that is, crushed Howard and Syracuse for a total of 142 points the first two weeks. And then they dropped a game against Temple. They only scored 15. Well, we were watching that game. You remember that one? I do, yeah. Uh, it, it's, I think a lot of it's just down to production from Anthony McFarland. If people can shut down Anthony McFarland and look at Penn State, they haven't let a run, running back run over him yet this season. You shut down the you shut down Maryland. So I, I think a lot of it comes from that as well. So I, props to Temple for doing what they did, and we'll see if Penn State can follow suit. Well, I think they can. I mean, they're undefeated. They squeaked by Pitt earlier, you know, but. In that Buffalo game, they struggle early too, I guess, but they ended up pulling it on, putting it on, beating Buffalo pretty good. I, I really, I think it, the low spread is just because of the unknown with the Maryland team. So, hey, unknowns, you know, throw them to the wind. I'm going to take Penn State minus six and a half, and I like it. Last year, Penn State actually was giving Maryland 11 and a half, and they won by 35. So, hey, if history repeats itself, I'll be looking good. Uh, one game I'm not taking this week might surprise people. I've been fading UMass. For those of you that have been listening, I've been fading UMass week in and week out. This week, I'm going to stay away from them. They're playing Akron, who's not looked good at all. 0-4, you know, they played Illinois, UAB, CMU, Troy. That's that's not tough competition, and they haven't won a game. Uh, They're given 6.5, you know, 7.5, moved from 4.5, but I'm just going to avoid this game altogether. you got two bad teams playing each other. It's probably a game I won't even watch on the television, to be honest. Are you going to watch this one, Woj? Doubtful. Oh, uh, I told you, you got to start getting into these MAC teams, but I guess I can't say too much when I'm not going to watch it myself. But another group of six team I'm looking at this week, Cincinnati at Marshall. Cincinnati's giving three and a half, moved from three. They put on the hook 
for those of you that listened to our mini so this week, we went over what a hook was, and this is a perfect example of why they put one on. There's probably a little too much money coming in on Cincinnati, so they had to, you know, give a hook up. But uh, Cincinnati, in my opinion, is the best group of six team right now. Um, Marshall, I, I don't know much about them. They played Boise tough in a one-touchdown loss, but Cincinnati, I know them pretty well. They played the first game of the season, well, what I consider the first game of the season, and they beat UCLA. You know, then they got blanked by Ohio State. But as we talked about, Ohio State's a good team. Um, I, I don't consider getting blanked by a top five team to be horrible when you're a group of six teams. So I, I don't let that sway my opinion of them too much. I still think they're one of the best group of six teams right now. Another unknowable team, who knows what's going to happen. Stanford only given four to Oregon State. This game opened at three and a half. Again, I don't know if I'll put anything on it, but it's something to look at. We talked about last week, Buffalo. You guys, hopefully, all checked them out this week. They're starting their MAC play, as we said they would. Opened at plus two, moved all the way to minus three. That's a crazy move, Woj. You got a favorite dropping to, well, I should say in this case, you got an underdog moving to a favorite in a five-point swing. That's just nuts. I think people really started to put money on Buffalo and got the uh, books off sides on that one. Yeah, that's a that's an odd way. That's a large spread to the change right there in a short period of time. It is. We're only talking a couple days, but it's not as big as the North Texas. You know, they were giving seven to Houston, or I should say they're giving seven to Houston now, but it opened as them two and a half point underdogs. That's just an insane move. But again, that's a one off like we just talked about with the team unraveling the transfers. You're going to get us, you know, a seven to a minus two and a half point move when that happens. And that's a game I'm just going to stay away from. Houston's not a bad team, but who knows there? Uh, Oklahoma State, I'm sorry, Oklahoma, Texas Tech, over under drop from 73 and a half to 70 and a half. Something I'm not going to, you know, probably put any money on, but something those of you that like the over unders, you might want to look into it. It's a pretty good move for two offensive teams. Yeah, like I talked about, Wall, it's, I, I it, Oklahoma could put up a, a ton of numbers, and I don't think they're going to let the, let the chains put the chains on hurt at all just because he's going to he's going for a Heisman again. I think they'll just keep piling points no matter what. And Texas uh, Texas Tech can score some points as well. They can. It'll be offensive. First one to fifty wins the game. <laughs> Normally it used to be first one to thirty, but now it's first one to fifty. Well, some fantasy football from last week. Uh, Russo that we picked uh, ended up pretty well from Temple, but they keep wanting to pass the ball. Still not a bad quarterback if, to pick up if you need one of those bye weeks, but uh, 51 attempts again last week. Um, so he continually is over 50 attempts in the pass game every week. Uh, sure, he's not the best, but he's getting touchdowns, and that's all that matters, right? How many pass plays you can do, how many plays you can get out, and, and uh, just they're doing it week after week. Definitely. Well, the more occurrences or chances you have at something, the more likely you're going to be get points out of it especially with passing attempts isaiah spiller didn't work out quite as planned from last week wall uh he then ended up not getting the starting job jacob cabote uh ended up starting but he again had a terrible day just 21 yards and six carries um i'd imagine versus a bad arkansas team that you know cabote would and spiller might get some reps but at this point i'd probably just stay away from him uh i mean arkansas has given up 472 yards and 32 points a game so far this season, but uh, but that's per game. And but who knows? We'll see. Um, but it's not something I'd probably play this week just in case 
they do have a lot of shared reps and, and go from there. Um, another guy, Wall, that I wanted to talk about, and, and I saw him on, on the field this weekend, was uh, Col- at the tight end. And people make fun of me, but it's tight end. Cole Kemet from Notre Dame uh, came back from a collarbone injury. He he did pretty well that game, Wall. Did pretty well. He was Notre Dame's whole offense for the first half. I mean, he was he was a sight to see. He reminded me of you remember Samarja from Notre Dame back in the day? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's who he reminded me of, Woj. He he dominated that game towards the beginning, especially. Yeah, nine grabs for 108 yards and a TD. That's big numbers from a tight end, especially in college football. Um, so. I mean, look, to, if he's still available in your league, I doubt it because he was a top prospect in, in drafts and fantasy at the beginning of the year, but obviously he was hurt. Someone might have dropped him. Uh, might be one of those guys you want to pick up and, and continue having your roster if somebody already hasn't. Uh, another good play this weekend is UAB's defense. Uh, they're playing Western Kentucky. Uh, the Blazers have not allowed more than 20 points in a game and have 15 sacks and turnovers combined in just – Three games, Wall, in just three games. Uh, so they're a, they're a force to be reckoned with, kind of like a Komodo Dragon's a force to be reckoned with, Wall, right? <laughs> it definitely is. You could uh, they what they should do is bring that Komodo Dragon they keep talking about having a live Komodo Dragon as a mascot. They should bring him out in the field. I guarantee you, Western Kentucky's not going to go anywhere near there. They're not going to get one touchdown. That'll help your pick for yeah. the week. Yeah, especially if it starts just eating children like they talked about. That'd be kind of a little scary. It would be, and th- those of you that don't know what we're talking about, you should Google it, but uh, the UAB president had some words to say about his decision before of maybe putting the Komodo dragon on the field as a mascot. Just utterly ridiculous, but um, you guys should check it out. I think they I think they should do it, Wall. I think they should get, like, a, maybe get, like, something that it eats or something or entice it to breathe fire. I, I don't know, something, something like that. Really scare the other team. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what they should do is they should bring it over to TCU and have them eat their horn frog mascot. Those guys pissed me off last week. They played horribly, and they were my pick for the Wojum Wall Pick'em. Yeah, not a good week for both of us. Well, I had Washington State minus 18 and a half, and uh, that wasn't uh, even near it because they ended up losing the game. But it was a uh, – man, that was an offensive showing. Anthony Gordon from Washington State had nine touchdowns, Wall. Nine touchdowns. The total on the game was 130. The over/under was at 60. Both teams scored over 60 on their own. I I don't know. I, I, you, well, you know I like defensive games. I like Big Ten football, but I did watch the replay of that. Obviously, I couldn't stay up and watch that game as late as it was, but I watched the replay. There was a lot of offense in that game. It kind of got ridiculous towards the end. And also, what about Garden, Min, Gardner Minshew's uh, cutoff jean shorts? That was a little ridiculous too speaking of it but again that's not my type of game i'm not a real big fan of that but the offenses did go off he's in the nfl he could do whatever he wants now all from what i hear i don't know if he's going to be there for long but again i'm not the nfl guy so i was only going off with the uh, commentator said on friday saturday so after i just said all that information well which is you know washington state played ucla last week and the score was 130 i'm going to take UCLA at Arizona in the under at 70 and a half. Okay. So I'm going the opposite way because I don't think, I mean, UCLA, yeah, they did score a lot of points there and there are games this year. They have scored a lot of points versus bad defenses and Arizona, the kind of the same way, but UCLA hasn't played a defense like Arizona's and Arizona is just going to run the ball if they get ahead. 
So I'm going to take the under at 70 and a half. I don't like think that I don't like that game going over 70 and a half, and I think it's the, I think it's bloated based on what they've been doing so far this year. So my pick this week is UCLA at Arizona 70 and under on the 70 and a half. Well, Woj, I'm pretty excited then because I'm going to have two reasons to cheer against you. I have Khalil Tate, who's obviously Arizona's quarterback on my fantasy football team, so I'm going to be wanting them to score 100. And I, I'm real excited to cheer against you in two ways. But as far as my pick this week, I'm going to have to go with Cincinnati, minus three and a half. I'm going to give up the hook. You know, I, I just think they're going to be a better team than Marshall. Uh, I think they're one of the best group of six, in my opinion. And this is a game where they got to show it to make sure they get a good bowl game towards the end of the season. Well, let's see how it goes this weekend. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>